All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it to 100 episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, before we start, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by two sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. The first sponsor is Old Hillside Bourbon Company. If you don't know, it's great bourbon. Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a company created out of love for bourbon, friendship, camaraderie. The idea of quality, time, and great services and enjoying good spirits brought this team together. Their vision is fueled by optimism, integrity, and sense of responsibility to build a successful house of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow them on Instagram at Old Hillside Bourbon Company. And our new sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, is M. B Financial, M by MB Financial, ladies and gentlemen, aka Mr. Marcus Best Financial. Marcus Best is a wealth managed consultant and he is a credit repair consultant and he's a com and he's excuse me and he's a complete tax services if you need tax services. I uh, did one of our taxes on the podcast. Very great, very efficient. I think this is the last day to file. And a little bit about Marcus. Marcus Best is originally from Chesapeake, Virginia. With over 20 years of experience and 20 years of real-life education, he found himself inside debt. And using the stripes of his own work, life, and personal experience, he launched a financial career by educating people about the power of establishing and maintaining good credit. So we're going to drop his website as well. Those are our official sponsors of the podcast. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, 100 episodes. That's where we're at, 100 episodes. Who would have thought hip-hop would take it this far? So what these episodes are going to be today is going to be part one, and then Friday we're doing part two. And you never watch uh, Family Matters or you ever watch a, a TV show, and when they get to like the 100th episode, it's like a recap of the episodes. So that's what we're going to do. Today we're going to recap in episodes 1 through 50, and then on Friday we're going to be doing, wait, 41 through 49, and the rest we're going to do 40, 49 to 99, and we're going to be doing little clips, right? Then after that we're going to... Uh, just go over the clips, you know. Sometimes when you go back and listen to it, sometimes I'm like, uh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to say I'm like Drake, but sometimes when we listen to a podcast and we listen to it so many times when we're editing and everything else, and then we just release it. And then after that, we stop because we've listened to it so many times. But sometimes it's good to go back. We started this podcast on February 3rd, February 3rd, 2020. February 3rd in 2020, we had all these episodes recorded. February 3rd, 2020, we sat inside here. Uh, we went from uh, my house to a studio. So much growth. We went from just me editing everything else. We have a team. Uh, our our sound producer and one of our audio editors, his name is Garrett McCall, a.k.a. Roland Doja. You hear me shouting him out all the time. He makes all the beats. Uh, he made our theme song. We had like 18 theme songs. He edited it out. Uh, I was using a different type of audio equipment, and there was a hissing sound, and we had to cut the hissing sound out. So as you can tell, every episode gets better. Right. Uh, another person, uh, Miss Jennifer, she does our, our audio graphics and she runs the, the social media and stuff like that. Uh, she's a part of the team. Our Sky producer, Big John Bob. Big John Bob is the one that uh, reaches out to the sponsors and does everything else like that. So uh, we want to shout out to the team, everyone building. We started out with like our first episode was like uh, 150 listeners. Right. And uh, I went on this podcast and promoted it. And there's a lot of the One Tree Hill people that come to the podcast. They got up to a thousand, and we're up to like four, like four thousand, four thousand. Sometimes listens up and down, so it's pretty good. We're doing pretty good. It's sporadic. Some people we see they listen on Fridays. Some people listen to the whole group. So we've just been trying to, you know, do whatever. I uh, this is like therapeutic for me. You know, I realize how I enjoy talking to people, how I enjoy listening to people's stories and listening to people's lives. And I found out the most interesting people were the people that I interacted with. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to show a clip. We're going to be playing clips, and after the end, we'll wrap up the clip. And then Friday, 
We'll be doing the 49 to 99. Then after that, the following Monday, we'll do the Woody's Roundup. Tuesday, we'll start dropping these episodes again of these people's time capsules. So ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned to the recap of episodes 1 through 49. Or like we said, this podcast is called One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's about being alone with yourself and alone with your thoughts and like catching different relevant. I wouldn't say res- re- revelations, but yeah, it could be catching revelations. Or just taking the time to just finding, figuring things out alone. Because I feel like when you're alone with yourself and you're hearing yourself, you're like, oh, maybe this is a sign. You know what I mean? Maybe this is a sign. And also, I was talking to a friend. His name is Dan Cummings. Dan Cummings runs this podcast. One of the top ten podcasts in the country called Time Suck. And he's a stand-up comic. And we sometimes he takes me on the road. Very nice guy. He took me on the road to Tampa, Florida. We're sitting back in the green room. And I asked him, I was like, how did this podcast start and he was just like you know I was a comic in California and you know it it wasn't really working out I was kind of getting like faded out and I was like let me start this podcast and I put all my energy into this podcast and the podcast is by himself and he's bet on himself and he's like you know what I'm into I don't know what everybody into but it's a big country and turns out a lot of people are into like history I was like oh wow so I was like you know what maybe I'm gonna start a podcast I'm gonna just do it by myself I already have my one uh, Jose Lito that I love but I just want to do one about just like being by yourself like figuring things out i want it to be tough and he goes the hardest part about a podcast is doing it by yourself no one to talk to i was like wow i like that experience i like living my life like tough i mean this is a hard experience this is my 17th time creating this one episode right here because i could only talk about something for five minutes and now we're what f we're freaking 15 minutes in this thing whoo come on now yeah uh sorry i get a little excited and I was like, why don't people want to be alone with their own thoughts? You know what I mean? The great uh, urban philosopher, Nate Dogg, he said in the song, he's like, never leave me alone, never leave me alone. If you don't know Nate Dogg, he made that song, uh, I got rose, I got holes in different area codes. And he made a, uh, he feels good, things are going well. He just might be the president. He's the head of state. Or he had that hold up, wait. That's Nate Dogg. But I, my favorite song of Nate Dogg is he's singing alone outside. And I think, it, I don't know what it's about. Some gangster song about some girl, some get le- girl leaving a gangster. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, never leave me alone. Never leave me alone. Leave me alone, never leave me alone. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know nobody. And as I walk down the steps, so this place is, I don't know what it's called, Soho, it's not Soho Playhouse, Soho Club or whatever, but when you walk in, there's a there's a whole bunch of tables at the top, but you go down these giant stairs into another level, and it's like the, it's not a basement, you know, but it's like. Because I didn't really know anybody that wasn't like, Def Jam, you know what I'm saying? Right. I only knew like the Def Jam people because that's what I was watching. And so I was like, yeah, man, I watched them bad. Um, so I went to the show, man, and was super cool about it. And we just talked about this this weekend. He has another feature named Chase Anthony uh, out of L.A., right? And so Chase has been on the road with him probably about eight years. Um, and so we kind of switch off like what weekends I'm not on, he's on. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing like the rest of January. I'm on February. And that weekend – was his first time being on the road with Sinbad. Wow. 
So I got pictures, and Chase didn't know how to dress in front of, like, Sinbad's crowd, so he got on a vest, and he got on, like, glasses and stuff like that, which was mad funny. Um, but it's just full circle. So that weekend, Sinbad really, like, showed out. So he brought the band with him, mm-hmm. right, and they was on stage, and they was dancing and singing all this stuff. And then after that, he took the whole club out. So all the wait staff, right, everybody, we go to the club, and so I'm 15 years old, third floor of this club in VIP, and me and my dad, because my dad don't drink, we're just sitting there on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everybody couch. getting drunk, man, drunk out of their mind. Me and my dad just sitting there chilling. And it was just, it was cool, man. It was a major experience. So since then, like, me and Bad was always, like, cool when he came into town. How much time did you do when you were doing the guest platform? I think I did eight minutes. He saw it? Did he see it? Yep, he sat there and saw it and, and watched it, too. Wasn't I remember seeing him. And there's this little chair like you can sit in that's right outside the green room. I remember seeing him in that chair like, oh, shoot, man, he really watching. Um, but, yeah, and he's talking to me after, man, you got to talk more about this, man, talk more about all this stuff. And I was like, okay, word. And um, just stay cool, man. Just stay, stay, you know, in connection. And he was one of those people. This is how I knew he was, he was really Although serious. I do a lot of encouragement, you know, encouraging, um, thought-provoking, you know, stories, Sometimes, you know, when I first started Instagram, I was more or less just posting memes. Some of the memes were funny. Some of the memes were political. And I never wanted to have a public page where it would be under scrutiny by employees, by anyone that I feel this way or I think this. Um, And so it was just more or less just my own. And then if I'm, you know, moving through the city and I'm recording my personal life, I just, you know, didn't want all of that you know, public, especially if I'm in someone's home, they're teaching yeah. me how to cook. I mean, because a lot of those things were also in my stories as well. Would would you would you say this? Um, the way the way your ministry is, it's more boots on the ground. You lead by more example. Like, what would you say? How would you say since you've seen the? Ch- how would you say that Christianity has shifted from your child? From high school to now. Well, well the two questions. Let me just see if I can. The, the boots on the ground part of it. I will say, my my strategy is definitely to be more um, grassroots. How can I get connected and plugged in with ordinary people, people that perhaps would not, you know, attend church or people that. Um, I would not get an opportunity to connect with because I really believe that there's um, a lot that I'm learning from people that I didn't get the opportunity to learn from before. So that's, you know, in part why I have this strategy. But then now to answer the other um, question, Uh, I think that when it comes to ministry. Now, wait a minute, I want to get ahead of myself. You asked me two questions, right? One, yeah. One. How it changed from when you first became a Christian, when you were in high school, and seeing how Christianity has evolved now? Because the ministry is different. Like if you, it is different. Because uh-huh. I think that you look at this more from a minister's perspective rather than a person who's... So, when, so you're free. So you're but free I'm free. I don't, I don't hook up with anyone at, at all. Why? I think I'm nervous. I lost my virginity to this guy. Oh, so this guy's your everything. Yeah, I I'm not someone who like cares about that, but like I just I probably was just nervous too. And I by then I feel like everyone kind of had their friend group and my friends. I have really close friends from college and we 
we just like would hang out. Like I was having a great time with them, but I wasn't looking for a new boyfriend or anything. So you're just free. You don't have to worry about him. Your college and senior college, you have fun. Have fun. Smoke a lot of weed. Do go to the beach. Do you feel like your college years could have been that the whole time? Yes. And I and that's why so I that's when back. you had that revelation. Like, yes. dang, he was wasting my time. Yeah. Or even this like I could have conversation had a is. I remember like yesterday he goes, uh, he's smoking. He's sitting there smoking a cigarette. And uh, uh, well, I remember before that he called me. I told him this Paul Mooney joke because he's he's about he's like I'm about to get locked up, man. And I was like, man, that's what Paul Mooney said. I was like, you be proud, man. Rosa Parks was locked up. Michael Jackson was locked up. You be proud getting locked up. And this is the joke I said. He goes, what do you think my sons are gonna say about me? I said, your sons are gonna say that my daddy makes the best license place to stay to see. And when I tell you, he busts out laughing so hard. And he goes, man, Jerry, you wild, man. I could count on you to make me laugh. And that's how we talked for like 2006 to 2014, eight years straight, every day. Every, just five hours on the phone. I knew if I ever fell down, I would call him. And he would just pick me up, dog. Hey, dog, you got to do it, man. He goes, I ain't like you guys, man. I ain't done the school thing, man. I, I was like, nah, man, I don't even think about it like that. He goes, yeah, man, but I'm proud of you, dog. I'm proud of everything you ever done, man. I'm practically proud of the man that you are. And again, I want to apologize for trying to talk to you guys. <laughs> I was like, man, that happened eight years ago, B. It's all good, man. Don't even worry about it. So I tell him, I was like, I'm going to move to New York. He goes, why? I said, I'm going to move to New York for stand-up comedy. He goes, man, I believe in you, man. You should do it now. I said, well, I don't got my stuff together now, but I'm going to do it. He goes, all right, man, whatever you do, man, I got you, man. Shoot, I'll, I'll be in a TV show with you if you need me to hit you up. I'm like, all right. So this is 2000. So I'm reading all of our messages that we had. Good thing is, shout out to Facebook. We still have our messages. Uh, this is what he says to me. He goes, uh, this is 2000 and, 2010. 2010. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, so he's about to get a divorce. He just got a divorce. And he tells us about it. He tells us 2010. So pretty much I'm on track. 2010. Uh, 2011 is when he goes to Arkansas. So I am right with the story. And I said, you see what you're in the scenery up? He goes, I don't know, man. He said, now this is this is the sad stuff that we talked about. I'll just read the messages because this is what we said. He goes, I was like, uh, this is 2010. It's when his, him and his wife got divorced. And then he goes... And I was like, I said, uh, and he goes, what about you, Jared Waters? I said, man, I'm just studying, man. I said, you win some, you lose some. I said, at least you still got your son and you're alive. Count your blessings. And he wrote me back, LOL, we live to fight another day. And that was us quoting. Our favorite movie was Waterboy. So we'd always quote Waterboy. He said, you live to fight another day. So I hit him up. I was like, where are you headed? I said, this is my phone number. If you ever need me, hit me up. And then someone goes, I'm in Arkansas chilling right now. I said, how's the setup? He goes, I don't know how the setup is. I have nowhere to go. And she told me to come out here and kick it. He said, the funny thing is, I never knew I had so much in common with her. And it's scary. And I write him, I was like, the reason why you have so much in common with her is because, like I said in the beginning, your code is another world, man. It's another world. I understand why people fall in love. I understand, like, when people hit people up, all of a sudden the emotions come back up because it was a part of life. That we all, we just very fun. So he's, that's what he tells me about her. And uh, uh, then he tells me, like, uh, what just happened? He goes, uh, I'm out. He goes, uh, tell me what happened. He goes, uh, uh, so, okay, yeah. So he, t- he goes, tells me what happened, how she left, everything else. And then 
So, uh, Shamar hits me. I'm still reading our messages. 2012. We're in 2012 now. And he goes, I'm about to head to the hospital. Text me if you need anything. Let me know. I broke my phone. So if you want to hit me, hit my mother up. And uh, that's when he was having a son. So it's 2012. He has a son. And he goes, my son's five pounds, eight ounces, and 17 and a half inches. So uh, he hits me up like, what's good? I'm like, what's good? And this is 2013. He goes, I'm free. What's your number? And we talked for we talked for maybe like four hours that night. I remember that night, and I asked him, I was like, all right, you got your son. What you going to do now, man? He goes, dog, I don't know, man. I'm probably going to work at Subway, man. Like, I wish I wish I didn't do all this stuff, man, because now, like, life is hitting me because I got to provide. I got two kids. And um, then we start talking about, like, immortality, right? Because I'm talking to him about faith, and I'm like, man, how's your how's your life right? He goes, no, he goes, he goes, you know, God knows my heart, man. God knows how I stand. God knows what I went through. God knows how hard my life was. He lived a hard life, hard life. He talked about God knows my situation. And then he was like, and then he told me, he goes, like, if anything happens, man, you just got to take care of my people, take care of anything. And I was like, man, stop talking like that, man. Anything happens, man. I was like, you just got to just gotta just change your ways, brother. Just change your ways. He goes, sometimes I got to survive, man. And then he goes, so this is like 2000, this is like May, we're in March 2014. Early, end of February, March 2014, he dies April April 14th. I'm talking to him, and he's by himself. He's I basically America. took the cat back, and then I let her come see the cat. So I haven't talked to her about anything but the cat since the beginning of January. So out of the blue, I got a text tonight. That said, I've had drinks, but you need to know I've loved you very, very much. I've always felt protective of you, close to you, and I'm sorry I've had trouble processing things in my life that damaged what we had. It's not all my fault. We struggled together. But I understand where I've been unstable and not a good partner, but you were never unloved by me. And I'm fine now, so no cause for concern, but I needed to say that. So I got this message like five minutes before I went. On stage, he's effed up. And he's, decided as to, you can hear, he's emotional now. I and I, I even said when I got on stage, I was like, "This is the soonest I've ever been on stage." Immediately after, I've <laughs> is it what the, the internship what you, was about? But you soaked up the game while you had it. Exactly, exactly. And um, kind of just understanding all the pieces. Like I, like I love that um, the podcast that you had where you was talking about like Eddie Murphy and stuff because. There's like a lot of people that you name who is just like, okay, this was the producer or like this was like Rosebud Baker. And, and like these, it's like you realize that you're a part of a class that's like slowly moving in, mm-hmm. in the right direction and kind of just realizing where you are, who are the people that are going to be along for that ride okay. and kind of like seeing how things will eventually play out. Like obviously people that I interned with now are, now executives and things of that nature. So it's it's just really interesting just to see how how everything kind of plays out in its own way. When do they find out that you got this fire in your in your MacBook? When do they know that? Dude. Um Okay. Probably like a week into my internship. So a part of our job was to go through demos and then whoever had the hottest demo you would just give it to the boss and be like these are the best five 
artists that I've heard today. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. The best five uh, artists or producers. And uh, one week, I actually, it took like two weeks. Like the first CD I put in, I, they didn't, I didn't hear any response back. And then the next week, I just kind of just kept sifting it back <laughs> into the pile. And then it was like, oh, this is kind of dope. Like there's a couple beats on here that sounds dope. Can you um, reach out to this person? I was like, you're talking to him. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, we had no idea you had this edge. And that's like, this edge. Was, yeah, it was this like edge. this edge. Yeah, Texas. This thing. Yeah, you're just like, dude, like, I wouldn't just be here just to be here. Right, I ain't here to pick up draws. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were just like, wow, how come you didn't just tell us at first? And I was like, well, this is an internship. You should know what the people working for you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were like, okay, cool. Let me put you with this person so you can start apprenticing with, with them. And um, and so actually that brings me to the low, which was after that, hap- um, a few weeks after like apprenticing with some people, um, good music got dropped from Sony BMG. Basically, every everyone. <laughs> so funny. Like, what? And then when he moved out to L.A., everyone went to L.A., he's like, yeah, Jamar Neighbors. And I was like, yeah, I just walked into him in the street. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, walked into the street. But I was like, we're, we always talk about this, about when did you get to the point where it's the comfortability of, like, of you being on stage. I realized, like, you on stage, like, I'm going to work on this bit, and however it goes, it's going to go, but it's still like you are in your own classic comedy. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, you're laying, I never, I can't say I've seen another Jamar Neighbors. Mm-hmm. So when did you get to that point where just like this is me, this is how I'm rocking, or where throughout your 18 years it's always been like Jamar's been different. Um, niggas keep, you know, it's so funny. It's like it's like niggas like have always like said that like it's like um it's like oh there's no one like you or da 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 or there's no other comic and my black ass. I'm so like I be like so in my own world like I don't even know what the fuck people be talking about sometimes. But that's what was like it's your world. I was like that's Jamar's world. Like if anyone does a joke similarly, it's like yeah he got he's influenced by Jamar. Yeah 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 yeah. Um, because I can tell there's joke there's structures and everything else to your bits and like I've seen you a while being in the city and stuff. But I was like that the act outs and the commitment to the jokes is just like nah you gonna you gonna you gonna first laugh at the. The uh, the premise, mm-hmm. but the way you <laughs> act out the premise, like the the crack, the babies, the babies, and the yeah, yeah. I don't know this, whatever. But I've been doing that shit for yeah, I've been doing that shit for an album. No, uh, on my brand new one. Yeah, the brand new album. Uh, so download his album. When it comes yeah. Out. Um. But okay, okay. So you talking about like okay, like like stuff like that, like even like even um like even being like younger, like wanting to do comedy. I said. I used to always tell myself, I'd be like, okay, I know this for sure. You're going to be an act out comic. Okay. You're going, you're going, I'm like, I'm like, I want you to act. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Cause that's, cause you have yeah, to. You want to get as much money as you can, you know? So. Did you ever feel like somebody was just out there watching out for you? I mean, I had to have someone watching out to me, man. Cause I was in some, some places where I was just like, how did I get out of this? Right. So yeah, Definitely. I mean, I, I, you know, knowing what I know now, I know God was over me, mm-hmm. you know, because I was in some real bad places, man, that I, you know, I shouldn't even be here right now. So, yeah. How did, how did when you had your first child, that's your daughter. My no, son. son. Yeah. He's the oldest. Yeah. How did that change you, having your first child? How old were you when you had your first son? Um, I was 
seven, 16, 17. Oh, wow. 17 when my, my son was born. Yeah. What do you remember the news, what she told you? What what was that like? Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, yeah, it was dope. It was exciting. The thing was, I didn't want to tell my dad. I was worried to tell my dad. And, and I'm like, I'm, always, I'm doing all this other stuff. Else. I'm gonna be a, yeah. he's gonna be a granddad. But um, when I told him, he was like, "All right." He's like, "You know, you're a man. You know, just you gotta make sure you take care of your kid." Cause he's like, "I'm not." <laughs> 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 no, but he was. He was. I gotta go to work. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go to work. <laughs> he was like, he was good. You know, I mean, I, it was wild though, right? Cause I'm just like, I, I'm doing all this crazy stuff, running around, and then the one thing I was he afraid was our, of, like me. our supervisor. So, like, he had to listen to all of us every day on the our bus. Our mentor, yeah. He's our mentor. No, he wasn't on the bus with us, was he? Yeah, he was. He taught with us? He didn't teach with us. He, he would come sometimes and, like, observe us. But he brought us oh. back to the house, his house. He lived on this big farm. Yeah. And we he drove around this massive ranch, and his parents cooked food for us. Oh, yeah. Eggs and everything Eggs. else. And he Eggs kept, for dinner. He said, in Israel, if you build it, they will come. He did not say that. He said it. He kept saying it the whole time. If really? you build it, they would come. And he sang on his guitar. He did. He kept singing Adele, Never <laughs> Mind I'll Find Someone Like You. That was his favorite song. <laughs> I don't remember that. I have a video. Of I'm going to show you the video. <laughs> okay. Every time, every time we got alone, he would just start playing the guitar. Never mind I'll she's find. She's still developing as a woman. She, she, Yes, she's an adult, but she's still developing as a woman, and she's still growing up. And we we we're dating, and and it's good, but you know what I'm saying. I notice she's still kind of immature, mm. and it's still stuff she got to work on as far as being a woman. And I know me right now at the current state I I I I'm at, I'm not gonna be the one for you. You know what I'm saying? Because like, of course, you know what I'm saying. It start out all cool at first, but after a while, once you Really get to, you know so what I'm saying? I was trying to figure out what is dad, what is mom and dad. So mom's Filipino because your kids got the swirl. So yeah. They have everything in the world. If they marry, if they married an Indian person from India, it would be like baby Simba. Like, oh, Because yeah. <laughs> it would be all of the cultures. So we, so we get, so, so the brain tumor's gone. And your husband, how long have you guys been together? Uh, so we started dating in 2010. Dang, that's almost, you guys only been together for a decade. Yeah, but we, so, but I friend zoned him. So it doesn't feel, like sometimes I look at him and I go, oh yeah, I guess I'm married to you. <laughs> I friend zoned him. Why, why, what was the friend zone about? How was it, why'd you friend zone him? Is this in Idaho, right? Yeah, well, so we met in Egypt. We met in Cairo, Egypt. What? What were you doing there? He said, never, ever, ever say never. Never, never say never. Because I said, I will never, ever marry someone from Idaho. And he, and he went to college to, and when, and when he was going, and he, um, I, so I wanted to go volunteer to teach English for Sudanese refugees. How did you feel like that until you realized, like, no, I did the right thing? Well, I never really got the... No one ever really told me. No one ever acknowledged that. That is almost like a period in time where everybody has their own story of how it happened and what happened. And 
nobody says Lauren, you did the right thing. No one ever, no one ever said that. Am I the first person that said that? Huh? Am I the first person that said that? Yeah, pretty much. No one ever says, you know, that he was wrong. That's how they work. That's how my parents work. And, you know, it, it just got blown over, like, almost like it didn't happen. I think so, so. I know it happened. I think sometimes with, with our people from the south, they grew up like that, so they expected to the sure next does. generation. They expected like, nah, we took a switch off the tree. Like you can't take no switch off a tree now and whip any but kids' legs, and tell them I'm gonna sting their legs and stuff like that. I do, I and um, I can say I want a family, man. Like I'm not forcing it. If it happened, it happened. But I'm saying, do you think that? Do you want a family to show like? Do you want to show your kids like what a father is or you just want a family to just have more high towers to continue (laughs) the legacy? I think with me, I want a family. I want somebody who I can just know 100% trust and know they got my back. Okay. And so if that means having a family to do that, then yes. What was the first age where you started dating? Because I think your dating life is very interesting. When did you start like your first memory of memorization that dating a girl that wasn't your cousin when did that first start? <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you when did you when did you start uh talking to like girls or like caring about girls that like weren't related to you when when did that happen uh in middle school middle school i mean but you know how you know how guys is bro but like, were you like uh the type of dude where you just where like, all right fuck it, it's snowing i guess i'm getting on my fucking knees long story short they cuffed me they searched my car and my sister said half the police report, well, three quarters of it was all about me. And of course they lied, you know, he was belligerent, he was aggressive. And it's like, dude, I did what you told me to do. You were weird. How do, so when you go to the station, what happens when you get to the station? Did you, you had to get bailed? Oh, they didn't take me to the station. They let me go. But like I said, you know, it was, it just became a whole lot that wasn't needed, you know, for a flat tire. It was just kind of silly. And I have a I have a white friend, Indiana, who has three DUIs, you know. And he told me a story about, you know, like, my sister was barely over the limit. Like, and I honestly think they just charged her because of me. Right. And it was just like a whole thing. But my friend told me, you know, dude, I was drunk, and they just snatched my keys out. A lot of me was basically just um, cruising through university at the, with the same mentality as I was in high school. But university is a lot more important and it has a lot like greater consequences. And so I was putting the same amount of effort in getting like seventies, 75s in high school, the same amount of that effort was, was getting A's, but in university it was getting, you know, B's and C's. Um, so, but I didn't care cause I didn't like realize the importance of that time. Right. So I just kept cruising like that until I got the degree. And by the time I got my degree, it didn't really feel, even feel like anything. Like I didn't go to my convocation. I just went and picked up my degree at the student center. And I was almost like, I was like shocked. Part of me was surprised. I was like, I actually have a degree like this. <laughs> I didn't, I haven't worked or done anything for the past four years. So you didn't even go to your graduation. You didn't even cap and gown nah. nothing. Nah. That didn't sit right with your mom. I know your mom said something. Well, I think they were back in Europe still. So that was part of it. Mm. So freshman so. year, what's your grades? Freshman year, just skating.
for a lot of years, my daughter became my person mm. for a lot of years, right? And I had my daughter when I was 21. So I was a young baby too, right? Even though in my mind at the time, I'm grown, what you mean? I'm 21, right? But I, I was still a baby, still figuring it out, still um, dealing with my own trauma, dealing with my own um, issues and trying to now raise a person. And this person is just the lightest and most full of joy. And she is like a hot air balloon, literally. <laughs> she's, that's, that's, she's so, she's just that. She's just that. She just lift, lifted me up out of nothing. I don't even understand it. I can't even express it. She, but yeah, 100%. I tell her all the time, you save my life. She doesn't understand it though, does she? No, she won't until she's 30 something and that's fine. I'll be here to She'll listen to this. Time. She'll listen to this. Big as hell. Can't touch his shoulders. And he had the discipline, fucking kids. Where so. the, where did you meet your friends in North Carolina? Where did you did you meet these same group of people? It was, being it in was Camden, just the class. So it was it was just being being in class and end up talking to people. I realized it was always from being a new kid constantly, and like I've even adapted this as an adult, like in the workplace and with comedy. I'm like, all right, I gotta give it some time. Because even when I'm just being myself, which is very friendly, like you can ask people in Wilmington when I showed up to the club, once I felt comfortable, I was like, nah, this is dope. And like I was open or whatever, but people were still I trying understand. to like. Just like, oh, Jared's just here for friendship. And once they get that, they're like, okay, this is just, he's a friendly person. Because yeah. when you're alone in a different country, mm-hmm. people are going to gravitate towards each other very fast. Mm-hmm. So it's just like within the first time you meet with somebody, it's like, oh, no, this is going to be my guy that I. Well, people are always looking for connections wherever they are. And I think, like, I I know that. And, like, growing up has been a gift in that way that, like, not everything is, like, you're not Jewish. I didn't learn I'm not about Jewish. Baldwin until later. I didn't learn about Emmett Till until I was 22. No, 19, 18, 18 or 19. And those are things that I should have learned about when I was Emmett Till's age, you know? Yeah. Why didn't? there's a reason why these things happen. It's, you know, every, I think that's the other thing when you, when you, as you grow up and you get in your thoughts, if we're talking about being in your head, you start to realize, holy the shit. Finger like, to music row, um, and kind of just sort of done it their own way. Um, they're song, they're all songwriters. Uh-huh. Um, whereas a lot of some of the mainstream country artists, not that all of them don't write their own music, but I feel like those are kind of the two, genres when you're in Nashville and people typically either like one versus the other what would you say you are my life over anything like like who's thinking about having a baby when my life is on the line like tell them to save me like whatever you know what I'm saying like but they were just of course letting you know like it could be the case and long story short you know of course there was things in there that they had to take out um so it was a very, um, I was this, this far from like losing everything, from like all my, like my, my reproductive organs is what I want to say. Wow. Um, I don't know. That's probably TMI for the, for your well, listeners here, but listen, listen, we've had, you don't, you don't even know the stories that we've had on this podcast. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad it's my like one friend. She had five brain, t- brain surgeries before the oh. age of 19. Oh no. Brain tumor. Her name's Carla. My other friend. She talked about having breast cancer. So it's like, it's about um, these Arabic Arabic Muslims that live in uh, New York and they're from Egypt. Rami's a stand-up comedian, but like him and his, 
the father and his wife, they were speaking French. They spoke Arabic, but they were speaking French to each other. That's pretty cool. I'll check it out. Rami, it's a really good show. Very, very... Jared, for your listeners to understand, is um, it's not a religious thing. It's There are kids who are raised religious that will have questions and they will have doubts. Whether or not they go to their parents is a very personal case-by-case thing. It's If you were raised in a home environment where you have a great relationship with your parents and you feel free enough to ask them whatever you want, then you likely will. Right. And depending on the parents, they likely will or will not answer. So when I'm talking about me specifically, this is not a reflection on Jews or the Orthodox community. This is just it comes the time, I guess. Day by day, man. Yeah. Uh, so just, just my only thing is just don't die on me. Please don't do that. Um, I'm my best. <laughs> well, driving in Florida, anything happen, you're driving in Florida. Oh, yeah, you are right. So, yeah. Anything else for you, madam? No, I'm glad that we got to do this. I really appreciate it. I love you from the bottom of my heart. You've always been a good friend, you know. So I'm glad I got to do this with you. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, just a thought. I hate him. Oh, man. You were so scared. I was just... (laughs) All right, so now... All right, we're going to discuss, we'll discuss the memories. So we met, I think, yeah, you, you met me at high school. I think I, I remember that one. My brother. Oh, yeah, my brother. I remember my mother. You're the first person that met my mother. My mother used to make fun and go, I'm Latina. I'm Latina. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those was episodes one through 49. Some of them were sprinkling in different episodes. And, uh, yeah, man, it was, it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey of life, a journey of pilgrimage. It was amazing listening to episode one, that clip of episode one, me just singing Nate Dog for like, <laughs> I, I, I forgot, I forgot like how hard it was. I mean, I remember recording just saying, like I have so many audio recorders of me messing up the theme song, messing up everything else because, you know how it started, you know, me and my, my buddy, we used to do this podcast and then it just completely stopped, you know, we're different, different coins of life and uh, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that I bet on me. You know, my life may be hard because I bet on myself a lot. You know, sometimes, you know, you it's like you bet on black and, you know, you bet on red, whatever you're betting on, I bet on me. And I just like creating on my own. I like, you know, I love working with a team, but I was like, I was like, I just want to meet people on my own. And like, there's so many people that I know and I'm like waiting for anybody. I just, all right, I can record when I want to, get these episodes, get everything else. And I remember... Uh, <laughs> I remember like getting the equipment and just like, oh man, I'm just gonna start. And I was like, dang, what the freak? I can't, I can't talk about nothing. So I finally got to the development. Finally got the, the the fear of nervousness. That's what I envy all the Generation Z kids because they grew up as bloggers. So they don't have given f about being in front of a camera and just talking by themselves and stuff like that, and talking to people that you don't see yet. Right? I'm a stand up comic. I have to be in front of a live studio audience. You know. Uh, but I enjoy the silence. Like my baby sister, my baby sister, both of them are very good at like blogging. Sometimes I'm like, man, f this, man, this thing is weird. But now I'm I'm comfortable with it, and it was amazing listening to episode one, and making me realize like, okay, that's what the podcast is about: being alone for your own thoughts. Sometimes it's good to get a rememberization of like where you are in life. Why did you start this? Right? Don't get lost in the sauce. Right? That was it. Uh, episode the episode with the first guest we ever had was Caleb Elliott. Caleb Belly and he started stand up when he was fifteen. Uh we spoke. Last time we spoke we we, we we chop it up every now and then. Uh but 
uh, to update on his life because everyone emails about him. He uh, currently is not on the road with Sinbad. Sinbad, the great Sinbad, he suffered a stroke. And Sinbad's one of my favorite comedians of all time. Suffered a stroke. We don't know how bad it is. They're not really telling us what's going on. They said he's doing well, but, you know, Sinbad's a type of, you got to think about Sinbad's dang near 60-something years old. And he was doing, like, three shows, two shows a night, sweating now. He's big, giant. And he had a stroke. So now Caleb is back in North Carolina. North Carolina's kind of semi-open. He's doing stand-up out there. And, you know, it's a, he's adjusting to, you know, life, you know, not without Sinbad, but just with Sinbad, you know, in confinement. But they're still cool. And I thank Caleb for that because that was the closest I've ever been to Sinbad. Uh, like I said, that night I met Caleb through my one of my good friends, Shadi Diaz. Shadi Diaz is the one. She just did HBO Max. She just had her first HBO debut. I met her through him. She was like his big homie, and we met, and we always said, what up? In North Carolina, we kicked it. And then he goes, I'm coming to New York. So he came to New York, and we kicked it, did stand-up. And then he told me he's over for Sinbad. So I sneak in. You know, I'm talking to the wait staff at uh, Caroline's. That's what I do when you're a stand-up comic. You know the wait staff, so you can just walk in when you feel like it. I get in there. And my aunt, she's going to go, she wants to go see him Friday night or Thursday night. And my aunt Johnson's all like, I'm, I'm waiting for, I need a picture. I need a picture. Hold on, hold on. I need a picture. She goes, Jerry, you come to the show. I was like, I got my own show, but I'll come at the end. So we're going to go take a picture. And then she, my aunt goes, Sinbad, uh-uh. There go my nephew right there, Sinbad. Uh-uh. Come, come take a picture of Sinbad. I'm like, I don't want to take a picture of Sinbad this way. I want to take him as a, not as a fan, as a comedian. And then Caleb goes, no, nah, he's a funny guy. And that was one of the dopest moments. I talked to Sinbad for like maybe, I asked so many questions I had to ask that I asked and he answered it. And that was my dog, Caleb Bellet, one of our first guests on the podcast. Uh, we started it with Light Skin Pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I don't know if he's single. I got to ask him what his, what his dating life is because everyone asks us like, what's his, uh, is he single or not? And I don't, I don't freaking know. Maybe I should ask him. Uh, the next guest was uh, Marshall. Uh, Marshall. I would call him brother, brother Marshall. It was his birthday last Sunday, and I called him on his birthday, and he don't his voicemail box is freaking filled up, so I had to leave him an audio message. And then as soon as I did it, he called me. Uh, I still don't know his age. I don't know how old he is. He's never told me his age at all. I don't know how old he is, but um, it was unique talking to Marshall because we always link up and just talk about life and society. We, you know, we both raised in a non-denational church, raised with you know. Uh, religious parents and religious grandparents and stuff like that and seeing him adjust to the pandemic and he he was very enlightened about man this is how you know church isn't confined to a place I don't know why I'm thinking of as God is not a place it's a people but yeah church is God is within side of people and that's Marshall I don't know if he's dating right now he never tells me we always just roast each other when we do it but we're supposed to meet up in two weeks, we do like an annual, we go we go for lunch, that's what we do. So he'll come to a comedy show or we'll link up like that. So that's my dog, Mr. Brandon Marshall. And our next guest was Coco. And Coco, look, man, when I say that me and Coco, my whole goal, like I, when I used to work, my goal was not to connect with anybody that I work with because, you know, it's it, you, you, you're doing two different things. You know, you have your own life, but this is the first time that we, I opened up to her. After that podcast, we opened up and we became friends. And she she knows so many comedians. You know, sometimes it's good seeing our different 
friend groups. She's like, hey, Jared, my friend is da-da-da-da. She, like, introduced me to this one. This one's from a thing. And she knows so many people, and it's just good to open up. And uh, when I say it's amazing watching her grow now, she's, like, one of the top one of the top therapists in New York City. She's really great at her job, you know what I mean? She knows what she's doing. And uh, we talked we talk right <laughs> when we went for work, when, like, when everything got shut down in New York, we were working through Zoom. And he just we had like a Zoom chat where we Zoom chat with each other, and we did a Kanye West, uh, we did our the big greatest Kanye West song and stuff like that, and that's Coco. She's still single as a two dollar bill. Uh, she dates a skateboarder, but they're on and off, on and off from what from what I from what she tells me, and now she's moved. She lives on her own now, so now she lives in New York City. I'm definitely gonna tell the location. But now it's good. So now we will cross paths every now and then. But most of the time we see each other and dap it up. And, yeah, that's amazing. So hit up Coco. Definitely follow her on Instagram. She still keeps her Instagram private. You know, some people live life privately. I get that. And uh, well, then we go to episode 13. I put a clip of episode 13. It kind of, like, centered me back a little bit. And I listened to that whole episode. And that episode 13 was me wishing my dear friend Shamar Howe happy birthday. And uh, I uh, sometimes it's easy because I'm sort of glad that God put his birthday on February 29th because it doesn't, you know, when when the leap year comes, you remember I have those emotions. It's not a saying. It's not a day that it goes by that I don't miss this man. You know, it's one of my one of my greatest friends. You know, I uh, there's so many memories. The reason why I love interviewing people from Yakota. And people that I've crossed paths before because we have that common laughter of knowing a friend that made us both laugh, you know. And uh, we did a for for my wedding, we did a um, a memorial memoriam, right? I'll post I'll post it on Instagram soon of uh, people that we lost around the way. And uh, we we had the room there, and what we did was we put pictures of everyone that we lost, and we put different pictures of. Uh, People we lost, and I put like celebrities like Richard Pryor and Red Fox. My mother comes inside the room. She breaks down, starts crying. She sends it to Miss Katrina. She starts crying. And uh, if I, I get still, I get choked up now, like thinking about my dog. But um, I don't have questions to ask him, right? I don't have questions to ask him. But I always wanted. Just another day with him, if that makes sense. You know, it makes me, this podcast is really, it's really inspired by him because all the moments that we had were like two-hour moments, three-hour moments. That's how long we talked on the phone, and I would ask every single question. If you think, the only thing I was upset about that I didn't hit the record button. That's the only regret I have between our friendship is that all the times I could have hit this record button and we could have had classics of episodes and his kids could have had his intimate thoughts and the time capsule of who he exactly was on this earth. So that's why I'm always asking meticulous questions and asking like, oh, what's this like? How's this thing? Because I'm thinking like, man, if I, if I would have had that, you know, because everyone, when they talk about Shamar, everyone has different reactions with Shamar. And it's just like we never had, we don't have any audio of just him speaking freely for like three hours of what he thought about this world what he thought about this life, what he thought about his kids, what he thought about his mother, what did he think about his father, what did he think about his sister Kiki, that's stuff that I that I wish I would have recorded. You know, because I have my own interpretation of what he told me, but, you know, every 
you know, everything's different when you're talking to different people. But, uh, yeah, that was, that episode always gets me, man. I, I haven't listened to it. That was the first time you listened to it in a long time. And I remember uh, my homie Tiffany lied. And uh, I, I just remember that day. I remember the day he passed away. And I'm just so happy when I see Tiffany, Lindea, Cam, when I see all them together, it just warms my heart, man, because I, lo- I love seeing my people still being people with each other, you know. I love seeing, like, Jackie linking up with someone else. Like, it, I'm so proud when people get promoted. I'm just like, I feel like I'm a part of them. I felt like that's what it was. And I remember, as the last thing before we move on to the next episode, uh, Shamar, I'm telling Shamar, like, he would be on uh, Facebook and he would see someone get promoted. But, oh, man, that person in the military, that person in the military. And when I was trying to sh- turn away from, and I realized I was hurt at the time, I was hurt, and I just didn't want to be reminded of, I guess I didn't want to be reminded of, like, I think it's, what, it's like the Laura podcast when she was saying about sometimes we're trying to impress our friends the whole time, and we shun away from our friends because we're, we're trying to make it seem like everything's all right. And as soon as uh, he passed away, I was like, you know, I'm just going to make sure I link up with every single person that I can, and... Make sure I tell them that I love them. Make sure, like, when I see Lysel, like, yo, Lysel, I love you, man. Like, she goes, yo, I'm in our, this is, my stories go around, but I remember this, it sounds inspired by Shamar. I was like, Lysel goes, yo, I'm in Orlando. And she just posted, like, yo, Lysel, what's up? I'm in Orlando. And we haven't seen each other in, like, eight years before. And I was like, yo, I'm going, I'm pulling up. I'm in Orlando right now. Me and my lady are. And she goes, yeah, is it cool if I bring her? I was like, yeah, bring your boyfriend, freak. Yeah, come on, let's all link up. And we had dinner and stuff like that. But now it's like that that drive for him because I know when he passed away, the only thing he wanted to do was like link up with people and share memories. So now my thing is like since we got Zoom, it's a whole lot easier to link up with somebody and share memories. Like, oh, man, imagine if he had Zoom, right? But that was episode 13, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, I just, every four years I'll probably check that episode out. But it's good like going back and listening to those intimate thoughts of how I felt about that, that old man, Shamar O'Brien Howell. And then we transition to this episode 14. Episode 14 is one of Every episode is one of my favorites. But Peter Garachi. Peter Garachi came to my house when we recorded this episode. And I know we played the clip already, but I love playing Peter crying. This is- It's not all my fault. We struggled together. But I understand where I've been unstable and not a good partner, but you were never unloved by me. And I'm fine now, so no cause for concern. But I needed to say that. So I got... Sweet Jesus. Look, I love... (laughs) I love Peter Garachi, right? And every time I see him, I I roast him about this. But everyone asks me, all the emails ask, like when people, some people catch into the podcast later, right? So they do this thing where they go back and look at episodes and stuff like that. And people all ask me, what's the deal with Peter Garachi? I'm here to tell you that Peter Garachi and his girlfriend are back together, ladies and gentlemen. We got to start adding applause, uh, uh, to Joe Bob producer, let's add an applause breaks, but uh, he's back with his girlfriend, beautiful black woman, Peter Garachi got her back during this pandemic. They were stuck with each other and they worked it out. They were stuck with each other and uh, they worked it out. He said, "Now they're debating on because Peter he lives in Harlem near me, and his old lady lives in Brooklyn. So now they're debating on living together, and he's he's thinking about he's thinking about making an official man. So." He told me after the podcast, he got he realized 
He realized that he wanted. He can't live without her, man. Sometimes gamblers, man, they gambled on everything. I was like, you got to gamble on love, man. But uh, that was one of <laughs> Shout out to my dog, Peter, man. That was uh, one of the clips that we, we definitely, as producers, as everyone, we, we talked about. We're like, oh, we got to play that Peter clip. Episode 15, we loved that one. Uh, that's my dog, Isaiah Mittenall. Yo, he gave us wedding gifts. When I say that Isaiah is one of the dopest producers between him and my boy G Double O, right? <clears throat> uh, Isaiah is like like serious with it. Like he's producing these tracks for my this dude at the church, and them mother effers be slapping, like da 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 slapping. And I would play a clip of that new song, but I really can't because I think we might get sued by them. <clears throat> but it's a thing called like chocolate candy, and uh, we'll put we'll put like his clips up there. But he's good. Uh, his wife is good, and uh, we ain't really seen each other because uh, church is, you know, it's really through Zoom, so we're just seeing each other through Zoom, but we live in this neighborhood together, and his store is almost open. Uh, uh, Neighbors is the name of his grocery store. Him and his wife has a grocery store, and Patricia, and it's almost, it's almost there. It's almost alive, and they have, like, pop-ups where they sell organic fruit and everything else, so everything he said that was happening, it really freaking happened. And no, I don't, I don't, so one of these emails kept asking, like, do they have any kids? No, I don't. I realize our fan base is very unique. It's a lot of, a lot of soccer moms, <laughs> a lot of One Tree Hill heads, and always asking about family, but no, they don't, they don't have any kids. Uh, they're single, they're still out, they're just married, they're just enjoying the fruits of their marriage. Uh, uh, the other clip we uploaded was Jamar Neighbors. Uh, episode 17 was Jamar Neighbors, and Jamar Neighbors, I really, I just saw him uh, six days ago. Jamar lives in uh, Los Angeles, California. Stand-up comedian from L.A. He's been in Keanu with uh, Jordan Peele. He's been in the the Gerard Carmichael show. Uh, he's in the new Sam J. show on HBO. Jamar Neighbors is just that dude. So he came to New York to uh, he came to New York to visit. To, he's doing shooting Sam's J. show, and it's dope knowing him because Jamar Neighbors been doing stand-up for seventeen years, right? And this is more of a personal thing for me, and I. Uh, after I gained his respect as comics, you know, sometimes you could be friendly and not be funny, right? But after that, like, when people see Jamar Neighbors, he's like an, an anomaly, right? It's like seeing, like, Bigfoot. So when you see Bigfoot, you got to watch. Oh, what's Bigfoot going to do next? Like, his new jokes are wild. And uh, we get to this comedy show, and I was like, what up, Jamar? Oh, what up, Jer? What up, cuz? Hey, hey, fool. Hey, congratulations, man. Getting married, man. And a lot of comics like, dang, you know Jamar Neighbors? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude was in my house. We shot the podcast, but... um. It's always dope. He recently went to Tampa, and he made my boy Rio's day, man. He went out there and headlined for my dog Rio. And when I say one of the nicest people in comedy, one of the nicest dudes in comedy, and he never makes anybody feel small. You know, he's definitely unique, definitely one of a kind. And I felt like we got to the, I felt like we didn't finish his time capsule. That's somebody that we would bring back on. I think everyone should come back on like five years and see how their life has went on past that point. I think everyone should come back, but that was Jamar Neighbors. Uh, just follow him on Instagram, definitely. If you want to buy his paintings, he does paintings and organic paintings and stuff like that. He has a new comedy coming, uh, coming comedy album coming out, and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, one of the biggest podcasts ever. He was on that podcast, so he's doing well. Uh, and uh, with the producers, we loved episode 20. Uh, Tommy Guns, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy, uh, uh, we met at church. And that was one of the, seeing him transition from where he was to where he is now is complete metamorphosis, man. 
He used to be just out drinking and everything else, and now he's just a man of God. Him and his wife. Oh, good news. I don't know if I, him and his wife are pregnant. She is seven months pregnant. Uh, when she was four months, she looked seven months. And I mean respectfully because Brandy just saw Brandy saying, but she's, it looks like she has twins. Does that make sense? I think, I think, I'm not sure yet. He said he might have twins. But we were inside a group message, but his wife got pregnant. And this is his wife's second child. And Tom has three other children. But he was telling me, like, before I got married, he was saying, like, man, the time is now. Now he's starting to minister on his own. Now he's going faith outreach and stuff like that. And that's amazing, man. Think about that. Being a drug dealer from Harlem, a.k.a. Tommy Pistols, walking around with the smack on him. And now he's literally a minister of faith. He has a baby coming in. I don't. I got to ask him if it's a boy or a girl. And now he's about to be a dad all over. A dad all, <laughs> he's going to be one of them tired dads because he's in his 40s. I know them dads are going to be like, hey, 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 y'all, y'all, y'all get somewhere. Sit down now. But, uh, yeah, his wedding was amazing. But, yeah, shout out to my dog, Tom. That was his episode. Really, everyone emails about this episode because the transformation, you know. People ask, like, um, what's he up to now? That's that's what he's up to now, and you can just follow him on uh, Instagram. He does. I told he's gonna start his own podcast. I was trying to get him to start his own podcast, and I was like, look, man, you can feed the people. He has a lot of men that follow him, and a lot of men that respect his love for God and stuff like that. So I encourage everyone to, if you want to still follow Tom, follow him. We everything's on the podcast. It's uploaded on our on our page. So make sure you download it and freaking support him. I'm gonna say the video. Okay. Every time, every time we got alone, he would just start playing the guitar. Never mind, I'm He's fine. He's still developing as. That was uh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Winerib. Oh, oh, I just saw Jacqueline. Me and Jacqueline, we both live in New York, so we bump into each other, and we always do this. We random text each other, and we always call each other and just talk about how our days are going and everything else. And this is how crazy it is. I'm not. This is how crazy life works. I met her for. Four, three, four years ago, we met in Israel, and we're doing this program, and I met my friend Molly, and then I met my current, current ball. I met everybody on that trip, and me and Jacqueline, we connected because she has a good heart. She's just so pure, and we talked about everything. She's, <laughs> she, every time she sees me, she goes, okay, I'll come to a comedy show, but we got to have an ice cream date, so we got to, we definitely, I definitely got to write her back. I'll write her back today and see when we can get ice cream. Uh, and the next clip is from Reggie Edwards. Reggie uh, is it back in St. Louis, right? He's back in St. Louis. He he just op- I think he just I think he just worked with uh, D.L. Hughley. He worked with D.L. Hughley. So during the pandemic, let me slow down. Uh, he was like, man, like New York City completely locked down. And Reggie's like, you know, ain't no point in me staying here if ain't I came here to do comedy and and battle rap and everything shut down. So Reggie packed up the car. He drove back to St. Louis. St. Louis was wide open. He's doing stand-up there. Uh, he has another battle rap that he's dropping, and he's going back to fix his album. So Reggie has an album coming out. Shout-out to my guy, Ishmael Ibrahim Khalif. Excuse me, Ibrahim Khalif. Inshallah, my brother. His album is number one on iTunes right now. Uh, Ignit Negus is called uh, Placebo. That's his, his album. But uh, shout-out to Reggie. Reggie, we always talk once in a while, and it was really good that Reggie left New York. And not good for him, but it's good for our next guest, Stefan Hightower. Stefan Hightower, he was up there. And Stefan was really underneath Reggie's wing. Because when you come to New York and you don't know anybody, it's like, 
especially a stand-up comedy. You just whoever you're associated with. So they just knew that that was just Reggie's friend from St. Louis. They thought it was his cousins because they both got glasses. And when I tell you that boy Stefan Hightower stepped it up in New York City, I see him every single day. And we're the only ones that are day walkers, you know. There's a couple of us. We get up 6 a.m., get back to work. <laughs> Stefan's at the funniest thing the other day. He goes, I can't talk to no chick, no 21-year-old girl, because she's trying to hang out on I got to work at 5 a.m. Girl, you better sit down. <laughs> uh, he just turned 30. And uh, he came. So what happened was when we recorded Reggie's episode, Stefan came to the studio too, and he literally sat down and watched. He literally sat down and watched because that's the type of person he is. He supports his friends. So he goes, dang, bro, that episode was crazy, man. If I could get on an episode. So then we got Stefan up there, and now he's he's building his way. He just got into a couple comedy clubs, and he went back to St. Louis to open up for Mark Gregory. That's another dude we got to get on the podcast. At the, on, on the, I'm all rambling. Let me stop. On part two, we're going to have like a wish list. And on the wish list, we're going to tell you all the comics that are coming up and all the people that we want on the podcast. And the next episodes was my friend Carla Aloness. And Carla, uh, we just spoke, and she had she found out she had cancer again, right? And it, it effed me up, man. It, it effed me up. And I realized that sometimes with faith, you can't be around people whose faith are weak. And I was, I was just sad. And I think we talked at like 2 o'clock in the morning. She's in Oregon, so 2 o'clock in the morning for us was like 12 o'clock. Or yeah, 12 or 11. Wait, 1, 12. Yeah, it's like 11 o'clock. So we talked about her and her diagnosis, and she started her own podcast, which is amazing. And uh, it's her analyzing the Bible when she's making a time capsule for her kids, if anything were to happen. But now I think she's doing better. I'm definitely going to chop it up with her. Uh, Lauren Brown. We haven't spoke since then, but she told me she enjoyed the podcast. And a lot of people wrote us about trauma about Lauren's podcast. Everyone writes us about Lauren Brown. And I think the significant thing about her was for the first time she wasn't, she wasn't, no one blamed her for what happened to her, her dad because her dad had to get out of the military. And what I would encourage Lauren to do, and I tell her all the time, like, you know, South Carolina is cool if you eastbound and down. But you're literally, you're, you're, you're medically disabled. You can go anywhere you want to be an artist. So, like, never let your gift limit you. You know, your gift will take you everything. The gift will make room. So I hope that she gets out there and, you know, starts painting again and starts finding her creativity. You know, I know she's uh, diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic. But I think once she gets inside a community, that community will support her depending where she is. Uh, the next one we had, uh, these clips was Phil Hunt. Phil Hunt recently just, uh, if you're looking, a lot of people ask Phil Hunt about, especially when when the police brutality came, we have Phil Hunt up there. Phil Hunt now was selected as a semifinalist in uh, the black, I think it's the black, hold on, let me, let me double check, the American Black Film Festival in the stand-up competition. So that's a big, that's a huge deal. He's a semifinalist there. Uh, his podcast is dope. Uh, and... Yo, police brutality is something, you know, it hits black people different, man. I'm glad he opened up about that. Uh, and Phil Hunt is probably one of the realest comedians that you meet, like, off stage. You know, off stage he tells you exactly how it feels. Was it like being a black man in the middle of America? You know, black man in America is different, but sometimes if you're in the north, it's completely different than being in the Midwest and being in the south. Uh, and that's my dog, Phil Hunt. We enjoyed that clip about him trying to help his sister, then he got arrested. And our next clip was from Brandy. 
And one of one of my favorite episodes, Brandy was so open and so honest, man. And we got so many moms that wrote us about abuse. So many moms wrote us about how Brandy influenced their lives and stuff like that. And I'm happy to say now that Brandy is, she's pregnant again. Her husband, he kung pound that asteroid, and <laughs> and uh, she's pregnant again with her. With, I think it's her fourth child, third or fourth. I think it's her fourth child. I'm gonna play a clip. This is Brandy in a nutshell. So this is Brandy. She's pregnant now, and someone said something slick on her on her Facebook, and this had me rolling. <laughs> this had me this had me rolling. And sometimes when you when you laughing at stuff, you want to put ha ha because you don't know. If it's funny yet, but it was funny to me. This is someone saying something about Brandy's stomach. Here we go. Hi, babies. So I posted a picture and maybe a video. I can't remember. But I posted my, my pregnant tummy, right? And yay, that's great. Is it funny to y'all to be like, <laughs> are you pregnant? Are you having twins? You big as hell. Is that triplets? Oh, my God. When is the baby due? Because ain't no way that you're supposed to be that big. Is that fit make you feel better? Do you feel good? First of all, I'm 5'10". I'm supposed to be a big bitch. Second of all, I will beat you the fuck up as soon as I have these this baby. Stop playing with me. Please. I'm trying to be nice. This is why I kept my shit secret so fucking long. That- Yo, that's that's Brandy. That's Brandy in a nutshell, man. She don't play no games. And that's why I apologize for saying that Tom's I thought Tom's wife was like pregnant with twins, but she's not five ten. She's like four something. But that's Brandy, man. She's pregnant now. Uh she really enjoyed the podcast when she played back and listened to it. And Brandy's podcast got a lot more people of my peers that I went to school more open to talk about their lives. A lot of people you know, don't want to look in the mirror, you know. And it's not saying look in the mirror is a bad thing, but meaning like you look into the mirror to see the flaws that you have and you pass it on to somebody else and some people can deal with the same thing. Like a lot of girls seem like, oh my God, Brandy's so pretty. We had no idea she was going through that. My dog Joe's like, dude, oh, I cried listening to that story. And I, Joe probably lied, but uh, <laughs> he probably didn't lie. But you know, it's just people were so inspired by Brandy's story. And sometimes, you know, the prettiest people go through the hardest stuff. And sometimes you think because a chick is pretty that she ain't going through all this stuff, you know? And for her to stay open, I remember we recorded it. We did it through Zoom. Her husband was there. Uh, and when she cried about her daughter saving her life, I was like, dang, man. And that's when we knew. That's like kind of those time periods. And I was like, man, this this is bigger than me, you know? And she gets to have that for the rest of her life. If her daughter ever gets wondering, like, yo, what, what was my mother like when she was 34, 35? Like, boom, play this, play this kid right here, sweetheart. As you grow up and you get in your thoughts, if we're talking about being in your head, you start to realize, holy shit. Like, that dude, uh. <clears throat> that was my guy, uh, Wi-Fi and Water. Wi-Fi and Water, man. He, uh, We met off Instagram. He just said, yo, I dig the podcast, and he sent me a clip of his, and I was like, yo, I dig yours, Jared. Uh, Carbon, we, we just chomped it up, and that was the first time I was ever meeting. So that time caps was kind of no, because I didn't know anything about him. I was just, like, just asking questions. We both were like interviewing each other. But I was dope meeting him. The next one was from my girl, Holly. She's a songwriter in, uh, in Tennessee. And, uh, Last time we spoke, she told me she had COVID, so she was, locked, she was locked in her house. It's not funny to have COVID, but she was talking about that, and she we were talking about the podcast, like, what's going on? And she was talking about how Nashville, like, how everybody was revolting out there. And uh, we always just, like, have these times, these check-ins and stuff like that. So people ask us, where is her music dropping? Trust me, when it knows, when, she, when we know, when we get running in the wrong direction, we're going to post it here. 
You guys follow her, and she'll drop the music. Uh, this last one, we have two more episodes. I mean, two more clips. Somebody's like, oh, no, this is going to be my guy that I... Well, people are always looking for connections wherever they are. And I think, like, I I know that. And, like, growing up has been a gift in that way that, like, not everything is, like, you're not Jewish. I'm not. That's my girl, Laura Tico. And that's that's my mother effing homie, man. We have these things where we do downloads, right? We'll call each other once every four months or every three months, and we just ask, how are you doing? And that podcast is exactly how all of our phone calls are. It's just saying like, oh, how are you? How's lady? How's lady doing? How are you doing? What's new in your life? And we'll just download exactly how we're feeling, and I'll download it back into her. She'll download it back in me. And uh, a lot of people hit us up and was asking like, what is she up to? And uh, when I say she's off social media, she's freaking off social media. I don't. I'm not gonna drop her phone number, but that's how we get up. That's how. That's how I get up with her. And the last two parts with Miss B. Miss B. Uh, she's Orthodox. She's Orthodox Jewish, right? And the next season, uh, next, uh, the next hundred, on the other other half of the hundreds, we have a lot of special guests from different cultural backgrounds, right? Uh, Miss B, right now, she she still teaches, right? She still teaches, and uh, we're supposed to go over for dinner. She invited me and my old lady for dinner. We're supposed to go over there, and this is our last clip that we're gonna play, and then that'll be a hundred episodes. That'll be the half of the, that was one through 49. And then the next half, we're going to do all the other people that we've done that we've been freaking editing. Here we go. The last show. So like then is when you changed. And I really, I don't remember like why we like fell out or why things changed, but that's when I started, like I started to really dislike you. And when I was ready to leave, I really was just so ready to go. Like I just could not stand you that time like i was i didn't like you like all right uh and ladies and gentlemen that's to conclude the first half and honestly that was one of uh uh episode 70 that's the most emails and most feedback we've got about the birth of a toxic male and uh a lot of the emails are asking like yo me and me and uh janet bernardini we're still cool to this day now i would play words of friends and stuff like that and it reminded me of episode one and we're going to end it with this for the first half of episode one. Episode one, we said it's a journey amongst one's thoughts, right? Being alone with your own thoughts. And sometimes as a person, we can't face the fact that we've hurt people, right? And the stuff that we've done throughout life, when you sweep it under the rug, right? And it comes back up. You're like, well, I'm not that person anymore. But that was a hard episode for me because uh, even though I laugh about a lot of stuff, I remember for a while I was effed up. For a while, like until 2012, I was... I was an angry person, you know, angry at everything else. I, I was thinking like Chris Breezy, these these things ain't loyal until I realized that I was hurting a friend for so long, right? <clears throat> and this is how life works, man. This is how life works. Sometimes as a man, when you accept who you are and apologize to the people that you've hurt, sometimes God will send you a, a dime brizzle in Orlando, Florida, and then you might marry her. But as a man, I had to, come to the fact that I, I've i hurt a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes when you are, I think I'm I'm 87% free of being toxic. The other 13% comes from my grandfather, and it was passed down from generations. Skip my father and went straight to me and my brothers. <laughs> but uh, that was an example of just accepting, acceptance, right? A lot of questions I realized that I never had, answers to 
right? And for years, sometimes as people, we, 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 we spend time looking at it on the other side of the fence, thinking that these people did this and this until they're on the other side. They're thinking like, I'm not even thinking about that person like that, right? And that uh, opened me up so much. And uh, that was probably one of the best episodes we've done. I think every episode, every episode is completely different, right? But for me personally, that was one of the best episodes for me, analyzing my thoughts and realizing like, yo, I've grown so much from being such a petty person, from being a person who was insecure, being a person who feared love, being a person who feared leaving different things. That was what I dealt with as a man, shame. Uh, And now as a person, after embracing that, now nothing affects me like that. Right, and I had to like my lady would tell you the first years of the relationship was me fighting off that stuff about trying to repeat different steps, and uh, shout out shout out to to Jay Boogie for doing that episode, man. We appreciate that. We probably got the most emails about that one. A lot of people cursing me out, which is not fair, sending me a uh, threatening st- <laughs> threatening stuff. Uh, but yeah, we we hit we talk all the time. Everything's well with her. Um, I've encouraged her to get on a podcast, but she she ain't on social media. She's she's just being a wonderful mom, man, and she's a wonderful nurse. She dances and stuff like that. It's a lot. A lot of people got a lot of stuff busy inside their life, but she's a really good guest on the podcast, and I encourage everyone to reach out to her. Uh, she doesn't do social media, but she does do Snapchat. Her Snapchat is, I think I could say this, it's Gomez 535 That's her Snapchat. And she doesn't do social media like that. She just she be disappearing. So if you want her, you gotta hit her up and check in. Last time I spoke to her, she was she was she was doing good. Uh, and that, that's that's one through forty nine. Those are the episodes. And uh, next Friday or this Friday, we're gonna be doing the second half. All these wonderful people that we have on the guests. I didn't realize how many people we had up there. And uh, the 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 next hundred is gonna be amazing. The next hundred people. Uh, the stuff that we've been editing has been wild. The stuff, the guests that we've been having, some of you guys have seen them on TV. Uh, that's the reason why we've been heavily editing. And I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who's downloaded that podcast, everyone that shared it to somebody else. Uh, stay tuned for next Friday for episode 100, part two. And what we're going to do is we're going to put both of those episodes together and drop that on on Saturday so people who want to listen to the whole thing will do that. And uh, love somebody. Hug somebody and shout out to that man G double O to the DIE, aka Roland Doja, aka the best producer, aka the best, uh, one of the best friends this side of the Mississippi River. Shout out to my man G double. Uh, have a wonderful day, have a wonderful night. See you Friday. Boom. Roland Doja, baby. You know, I like, I like what you put there. That's 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 a that's good right there. Um. I can actually see what you're saying there. You know, I didn't actually think about this
I didn't care, bro. My shoes was the first thing that you need to see. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.